1: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In
0: 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees.
1: A three-run home run for Bucky The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. Bill league
0: is now going over.
1: Couple of the Yankees and there they go again. One hits it to deep left. That might send the Yankees to the World Series. Barretec and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Cassandra's throw. Roberts, safe.
0: what can I say? Just deep my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. I'm Brian Shackman, along with John Senecle. Wow, what a difference a week makes. <laughs>
1: Crazy difference. I, I, in mean,
0: I, I mean, put aside Mondays, you know, Red Sox had a day off on Monday, the Yankees and the Rays lose, which we'll we can talk about that stuff. But the truth is, in a week, I thought the Yankees, honestly, I thought they were irresponsible at the trade deadline. I thought it was stupid. And now... They're you know just a couple of games out of the second wild card spot, and they're clearly in striking distance of even the Red Sox now.
1: Right, but you say you thought they were irresponsible and stupid. Yes, I thought for what they did. Yes, is that because they ripped off Rizzo from you, or is that just because you thought they shouldn't be buying at that point?
0: Well, I think that I think that you would make a fair point that I, I was a little edgy maybe because I thought they did take Rizzo because. No uh, one saw that coming. Right. And I I really view the Yankees as a non playoff team. But it, it even showed, even with
1: them being at the at the time of the the trade deadline, they were three and a half out of the wild card.
0: But I saw no path.
1: Right. No path after that if you made it.
0: Right. And so I no, You didn't even,
1: see him making it at all.
0: I didn't. And so I mean assuming that either the Red Sox or the Rays get one wild card. I don't know. I just, you know, then, then Seattle traded their closer, and, like, it's just it's a real head-scratcher. So Seattle I, was
1: a head-scratcher, what they so were doing.
0: So, I, I just, and yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't look at the Yankees as a playoff team, even a wild-card team. Well, for
1: your, in your fairness, when we spoke last, right, um, you asked me if they were going to make the playoffs, and they had to basically play, what, 14 games over 500. Yeah, you said no. Did not, and I said no, right. And so, you know. Like you said, now a week later, you got Anthony Rizzo. Yep. You got Gallo. I love
0: him. I mean, I love him because he's first of all, he's perfect in New York. He's an Italian-American who's a gamer, he's a candid guy, he's honest, like and he would be great in a Red
1: Sox uniform too. Right. So what happened in your opinion?
0: Okay. So if you want to we can get into some of the details of of, of the deal. But I mean,
1: let's let's cut to the chase. That's the biggest talking point right now between the Yankees and Red Sox is the fact that the Yankees snatched Rizzo from right. them.
0: Or the the Red Sox could have had him and decided not to. I mean they could have outbid the Yankees for what they gave up most likely, but here's the thing is that I'm bo- I can't be mad at the Red Sox because their the management and ownership seems to view them the way I did, which is not a first place team, they're overachieving. You said that all along. Right. And so in that vein, you you shouldn't go nuts to try to win. But at the same time the Rizzo thing gets in my craw because it didn't cost too much you didn't have to sacrifice the future and you could fill an obvious need and so i can't get mad cuz they did what i what i would have expected them to do had the season you know before the season if they put that situation i'm frustrated now cuz they're close but the Rizzo thing bugs me because i think it had an effect on the team I think the team, even though they got Austin Davis and Hansel Robles who were throwaways, uh, Chris Sale could come back and you couldn't trade for, I mean, I mean outside of Scherzer, you probably couldn't get somebody with his no. stature. And Schwarber's a legitimate player. I mean, he's a legitimate player. Without a, They don't have a slot for him unless he plays first base. But that's the thing with Rizzo is that he fit in a place that they had a serious need. And I, I think the players, um, they're deflated. I do, and whether they can rebound from it, maybe they can. I'm sure they can. But to lose, you know, a couple in a row right after the trade deadline shows me the players expected more, and they're disappointed, and that's where the criticism can come in.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, they they did not need to do much of anything to get Rizzo, you know. And you look What'd at what they give up. What the Yankees give up? A couple of minor leaguers that weren't even their top prospects, and they got the Cubs to pay for him this year, the rest of his year. So the Yankees aren't even paying for him.
0: And Jed Hoyer is a former Red Sox. That's what I couldn't understand. And you,
1: you and I were we're, were talking um, before this, and you said, "Well, you know, he's got Cubs ties," you know, with Jed Hoyer. And I was like, "Yeah, well, we'll see." And boom, out of nowhere. I mean, nobody saw the the Yankees getting Rizzo. Nobody saw that. I mean, diehard Yankee fans didn't see it. I, re- I mean, when I read that, and my two kids were in the were in the room with me, and I read that tweet, I got the biggest what ever was your
0: first instinct to be.
1: Excited? Or? Excited, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I wasn't even thinking the fact that we snatched him from the Red Sox. I was just thinking, like, oh my God, we got ourselves a bona fide, great defender, a great team guy, and a really good player. Yeah. And he's won a World Series. Now, you can look at his postseason numbers, they're not extra- extraordinary, but when he was in the World Series, they were good. Right. Right? But again, he hasn't had a ton of postseason experience. I also,
0: you know, I hate to say it, and I don't follow them personality. I don't know, Glabar from Judge, in terms of, you know, makeup and chemistry, but there isn't, there are very few guys in Major League Baseball who are better. Clubhouse guys and Rizzo, right? And so, like, finally, there's somebody who I find likable. Like, I just didn't find a lot of guys in the Yankee, and it's not just because I'm a Red Sox fan. Like, I I've never been, as you know, like an explicit Yankee. I, I didn't really hate the Yankees until A Rod, right? So, I think Rizzo's a guy. He, he's he's
1: hard to hate. No, he's definitely hard to hate. But and the other thing I like about him is, you know, he wasn't making a ton of money, you know. Given the standards of baseball, because he signed his right. contract a while right. ago, so I think you know if he does play good and he's he's a great defender, you can resign own, him. Resign him easily. Get a three-year deal on him, probably around thirty million bucks.
0: So, listen real quick before we get to some other issues, and the, you know, and we'll run down what the rest of the show is going to be about. So, having said that, so where we stand here at the beginning of August, the way the roster is now, and you know, Garrett Cole hopefully will come back healthy, you know, and he's, he's he hopefully it's only one start he'll miss. How do you feel? Who's got a better chance right now? Obviously, the Red Sox have have some games in front of the Yankees, but are you feeling the Yankees are a shoe in to catch that last wild card now?
1: Well, so listen. Here's the way I look at it. Coming off the trade deadline, the Yankees were air quotes the better team, right? Than the Red yep. Sox. I would grant you that. Okay. Now, being a few days after that, the Yankees have some issues. You mentioned Cole. Herman's on the DL. Urshela's on the DL. I mean, there is some glaring issues with their rotation right now. We saw, you know, uh, Haney experiment experiment did not work out. No. Um, So, yes, the Yankees are riding high on the Rizzo deal. I mean, Gallo, good defender, hasn't done anything really as far as hitting-wise yet. But you know what you're going to get with him, right? I like him. And and he's going to play, and he's better than Stanton, if you ask me. I mean, don't get me started about Stanton. But to answer your question— The Yankees have issues still. Like, let's not get too excited. Like, they have some glaring issues. Like, the COVID is. uh, COVID, we could talk a whole episode about what could happen with the COVID going down the road, too. Right. I mean, it could go anywhere. And when it comes to. But to answer your question, Brian, I I think yes, they can do it, but they have a lot of work ahead of them. They got to get guys healthy. DJ's got some lingering issues. They got to get Severino hopefully back, and Sales quicker to come back than him. But not to go Yankees Red Sox here, just to go talk about the Yankees. I think they do have some issues, but yes, they got the work cut out for them. They can win the wild card. They have g- games against the teams that they're chasing, right? And they can do it, but they are not healthy.
0: Well, listen, we're going to talk a lot about you know we're two weeks away from. Three more games in the Bronx between the Red Sox and the Yankees. And, you know,
1: the Red Sox have. Is it three have... or four? Do they make up a doubleheader?
0: Oh, well, they, maybe they added I think one. They I don't might, know. might
1: because they got rained out in. in um... And, Maybe that's they are going to make one. But up. whatever, they got more.
0: The Sox are in Detroit. They're in Toronto. Then home against Tampa before Baltimore, which is in advance of New York. So and you the know, Yankees t-
1: got four against Seattle coming up, or three, I think. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. and Seattle, I think they're going to come off the map. But I mean, to be in Toronto and then have Tampa at home, I mean, the Red Sox don't have an easy road, and Detroit is no longer a pushover for the most part. So I, I think with these seven games on the road for the Red Sox, they have to be four and three and they have to win quickly and i think it's really important to do to win the series in detroit and at least split in toronto to to at least you know give them some confidence. I think honestly, I think that the clubhouse, even though they all think that they could play well, they were everyone was playing ten percent above their potential. Just about. I mean, JD Martinez has been a nobody, but I think you can't ask them to sustain it. And guys like Verdugo have already fallen off the map, so I really think they felt like they needed help. And maybe Schwarber can get back quickly. I mean, he's still not healthy, so right. if they can get him back in a week and he's contributor, then may- maybe. But I'm very nervous. I won't say freaked out but i'm i'm definitely nervous and and they can't go on a prolonged losing streak and so the next few games are incredibly
1: important. Yeah, it's He's, important to get to make sure if Schwarber, you know, you can pin in hopes on him playing first base. He's got one game at first base. You know what I would, st-
0: I, would I, I would do it like Moneyball and do it with Hatterberg. I would work his tail off for a week and and put him there. You know, his double a liability and you know, for the most part 85% of first base is is easy. It's the other 15% where it's trouble. Yeah. Abby did it. What's that? Pappy did it. Yeah, I mean he did it when he had to, right? right? I mean, well, and I think Schwarber's, Schwarber's arguably more <laughs> athletic in the field than, yeah. than Poppy, so I, I would just go ahead and do it. I, I'm not just—I disc- played first base almost my whole life in, when I played baseball, and but you can hide a guy there. Yeah, you can. And even though it is, I respect the position. So I mean, I would I would work him out there and put him there. Anyway, he's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Uh, you can get us just about anywhere. Always posting things on YouTube and Facebook as well as Twitter, at Podcast Fanbase. Uh, You can get everything on that Twitter page. Let's quickly talk about a couple things here. I want to talk about Joey Votto, and I want to talk about you know guys like Javier Baez and the whole bat flipping culture, which we've touched on before. Uh, but I, I just I thought the most recent one that made got a lot of attention was honestly was offensive. So I, I want to start with Vada. You brought it to my attention. I saw the home run streak. I was like, you know what? He's thirty seven. It's pretty cool. But then you made me go inside the numbers, and he's pretty unbelievable at thirty seven. What he's doing?
1: Yeah, yeah. He is an impressive player. I mean. Joey Votto is no joke when it comes to the numbers. I mean, he's a career 300 hitter, 4, 4, 416 on-base percentage in his career. Yeah, he's got his, his OPS is 936 for his career. Yeah, I mean, he keeps playing a few more years. He has a chance at Hall of Fame numbers. I well, mean, that's what I was going to ask you yeah. about Hall of Fame, because he just won Player of the Month for July. Yeah.
0: it's the first time he's ever won Player of the Month yeah, in it, 15 years. How can that guy be a Hall of Famer? I, I looked at his career numbers. He's got almost 2,000 hits. He's got over 300 home runs. He's got a career 300 average, but, like, how can he—he's not a Hall of
1: Famer. No, he probably isn't a Hall of Famer lost in the shuffle, but, man, he he is a solid—it's amazing when you look at him. And the other thing, you know, when you when you really dig into Joey Votto, I don't know if you remember, you know, back in the day, Zach Grinke went through the same thing. He had anxiety issues and depression issues after his father passed away, and that was, like, in 2008. I did not and know And that's that. all stuff that's really coming to light now with Moan Biles in the Olympics and has come come to light even more in the last year or so, obviously, with how the country's been and everything. But, you know, back in the day, you know, that was kind of looked at as, you know, he was kind of a weirdo he right. was we looked at, you know, and he his father passed away and he kind of had a breakdown, I guess, and just kind of disappeared and was treated for anxiety. Um, but, boy, you know, did he come back and he really, I mean, 2010 MVP. I mean, Joey Votto is a great player, but, you know, getting back to your your the whole, like, um, bat flipping and everything. You know what happened with Joey Votto was he was in that City Field and they were chanting overrated, 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 and he came up and parked one, and right. he just comes across the base, points at his back of his jersey and points at his chest and basically says, you know, there you go, I back. I think it up. that's fine. I have no problem with it.
0: I, I, you know, and Votto is a guy who's, and I do think his energy, and there's video upon video of him interacting with kids and doing this and that. And flipping out here and there. He has his moments. Sure, but I mean, I think that showing passion and emotion is one thing. And I think that historically, this is, we'll get into it, because I think that players, especially Major League Baseball, are overly sensitive about macho crap. And I think like this whole thing about showing up, I think that half the time what they think is showing up is just, Celebratory, and they need to just deal with it and stop being so stupidly macho. But I do think there's a line, and I don't know if it was Baez. Who was the guy who did that thing against Cincinnati where he
1: was like canoeing? Baez, yeah, Javier Baez, who's now a Met. So I would want to. They'll be... say they have a history, though. Him and Amir Garrett. I don't care. Exactly. Like
0: I don't care. Like that. Amir Garrett is the
1: same guy that took on the whole Pirates team, if you remember. <laughs>
0: you know what? there are issues. Pitchers do stuff too. When They strike out a guy if they want to grunt and they want to do something, that's fine. But like, and again, like I'm just, the qualifier to me is like showing people up it, they're too sensitive about it, but when you're canoeing down the first
1: baseline after a home run, right. that's a bridge too far, and he deserves to get his, to get well, knocked down. Well, it's not out. only that; not only is he canoeing, but like literally, if you watch that back, like he's standing at home plate, like literally calling him out. Like I, I'm sure he had some more choice words than what we could say, but he's literally like, it's like the dude outside the bar who wants to fight you because you looked at his girlfriend. But
0: like, get Garrett- standing
1: at home plate, like. You're a punk. You're a punk, and then he canoes down to first base. I like, would have
0: gone after him. I, d- I mean, I, the fact that Garrett didn't was—I thought was impressive. The umpire was
1: literally laughing. Did you see the umpire walking Garrett off the field? And Garrett's probably like, "What is wrong with this guy?" And he's just probably—he's just, just laughing at him. Like, what a clown!
0: And again, like, I think guys are too guyish. I do. I think that this whole—all all the unwritten rules in baseball—I think they're—they're they're, they're unwritten. Like. And now all of a sudden they're codified, like whether it's how people slide or, you know, I hate the fact that people can't pitch inside. I mean, I, I hate all that stuff. It but was, like, And it
1: also was a fly ball that a warning track that if the outfield wasn't in, is a routine fly ball any day of the week. Just to go back to that, like right. I'm just like these guys like Marcel Azuna, you know, your resident latest domestic violencer, right? Hits a, a home run down three runs, hits a, hits a solo shot in the sixth inning. And he's taking a picture of himself rounding right. first base. I think
0: that's an idiot. Now, forget about the domestic
1: stuff. Now, like, dude, what, to what, me, that's an idiot. What message does that send to like, our kids playing? Stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. bad enough you got to watch these 12-year-olds gear up with 42 mittens on their hands so there's... and arm plates and all this stuff. Next thing you know, they're going to be taking a picture of themselves as they cross home plate. Right. And there are so many
0: bloggers and, and podcasters out there who say it's good for baseball. It's fun. Like, the bat flip—I don't mind the bat flips— and I and I don't it's consider it's got to be
1: timely. I don't it's consider myself
0: anti fun if I think that there's a line like right. and now that this whole
1: culture like how can I outdo the bat flips? Right? How high can I get it? Can I get it over the dugout? I'm sorry. And, it's, it- and honestly, Brian, it's more in the youth sports. When you look at some of these youth sports videos, you got high school kids bat flipping it out out of the out of the field.
0: Is that more entertaining? Like honestly, are we old for saying no? I think it's Bush,
1: if you ask me. It's Bush League. All right, first of all, if a major leaguer hits a home run and he bat flips it and it goes flying up on top of the dugout, like is that ever going to happen? I don't think they bat flip it that bad, but now you got kids that are literally doing that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm sorry. The bat's landing as they're coming around home plate.
0: And, and so the millennial guys can say, you're just an old dude who doesn't get it. And fine,
1: you know the what? millennial I'll guys s- are not watching baseball. I'll stay
0: in my, well, you know, there's a lot of vocal voices <laughs> out there say, you got to loosen baseball up, got to make it more fun. Well, I don't think a guy canoeing down the first baseline no. and a bat flip that hits the backstop makes baseball more fun. What would make it more fun is fewer, fewer, um, you know, warm-up pitches, uh, less time between pitches. Cheaper tickets. And and a whole bunch of other things that would be tweaks that would make sense. It's about—everything is about the speed of so the game. So why aren't they disciplining
1: that? Like, I they have no problem disciplining I think, man, everything for, I else think, you do.
0: I think they think that they, they bought into the—they they drank some of the
1: Kool-Aid that they think that this is, quote-unquote, fun. No, and you it, wouldn't see Fernando Tatis Jr. do that.
0: No, he's the best. I mean, like Granny,
1: he loves to like pimp a home run. Right? You can pimp a home run? That's fine. But he's not literally calling out you no. or calling out the team, and just it's just classless. And, and that's I, Javi Baez. I don't like
0: fights. I don't like. I don't like hitting play, players with baseballs. But I would want to kick Baez's. A.S.S. Yeah. for what he did. There's no doubt about. it. And I'm
1: sure they're going to play again. The Mets and the Reds. Now we'll see. So Got to be. It's never subtle, but
0: you have to at least be subtle enough where it doesn't. Between get your those team two, will never trouble. be
1: subtle. Someone else is going to have to beat him. Not Garrett. <laughs> I know.
0: He's John Senecal and Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. We're a couple weeks away from another Yankees Red Sox matchup. Listen, I want to talk. I was entranced because I watched it live. I was I was doing my morning radio show on WTIC News Talk 1080 in Connecticut, and I watched the USA Japan baseball game, and it was back and forth. I mean, if you watch the game, it was incredible. It was, you know, up a couple, down a couple, tied, and the, the See, US well, it was team,
1: always one team up a run. At
0: yeah, home. and the US was up one run in the ninth, I believe, and then they they lost the game on, on a walk off. And there's a couple of things. Surrounding this game that, that came up, one is I will say that it was really sad to me, and I, I would cheer for Team USA. I, I, you know, listen. I read a lot of U.S. history. I know how bad Japan was in the Pacific War, but there are friends and. I have no problem with them. I was sad that they couldn't have had that game in front of a full crowd. I just thought it was so disappointing. It looked so weird. It just looked so but weird. But at the home country it would have 40,000 people going bananas and it was a great base. I mean, there are very few. There's no fans great at all at the Olympics. Nothing. Right? Nothing. Nothing. So why not wait another year? Well, they already put it off a year. We'll wait another year. <laughs> no, they, <You> know? <laughs> it's two years from the next one. You either got if it wasn't going to happen this summer, was going to be canceled. But you saw a nuance in that game that I didn't see. There was something happened that you thought. That I
1: felt like they got squeezed on a three-two pitch. The US did. US was it did. like
0: so arguing balls and strikes? To me, it had to be egregious. It wasn't yeah, egregious. I mean, and, it's,
1: they don't have the K zone set up because it's obviously you know Olympic play, right? And it's I don't and know. it was a Japanese ump. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that forced in a run or basically No, I
1: think that just got that bases loaded and they had that that led to the tying run coming in. I mean well, it is what it is, but I mean how do you make it how do you make it unbiased? It looked like there was an American up in the field, there was a Japanese or, or behind the plate. So I maybe mean, that's marginal. But there's I, you know, not many Island of Samoa umps out there, you, you know.
0: You said that you like base this is one baseball's not in the next Olympics?
1: No, they're only doing it because it's a courtesy to Japan because that's their sport. So they're putting in this Olympics. Baseball has not been in the Olympics, I think, since two thousand and eight, maybe. So what or Four. Do you think it should be? I Absolutely. Mean, I, I mean, it's here's the deal: like they don't, you can't get the marquee players, but these guys are coming out the ball. You got, you know, the Todd Father on there. You know, you got uh, what, there's um,
0: Ian Kinsler's on Team Israel. I mean,
1: Ryan LaVarne, former yeah, Red Sox, yeah. Team Israel. Um, but there's some name players on there, I mean, they had some young kid, uh, Boz. Pitching for the U.S. that started, he looked okay, but he was like 22 years old. Like some of these guys are, are on yeah, minor Cassis, league team.
0: There's a Red Sox prospect uh, who's DHing for the team. I, you know, listen. I know they can't get the best players. Maybe they do like soccer. Soccer does under twenty-three, and maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't, because obviously you have a lot of you know eighteen to twenty-three-year-old players who think might they be in the bigs. Agree
1: on who's going to be all to go. Well, I think I mean? Japan
0: sends some of their real older players. They I mean, started.
1: Yeah. So they said the majority of that team is. They they paused their season. Japan pauses their season for it. From what I've read, I think.
0: You know, thirty years ago, I would have said it's not a good idea. Because, you know, the U.S. is so dominant. But the U.S. Not. between the Dominican and Venezuela, and you obviously have Japan. I, I think that there are eight teams in the international baseball landscape that would make it fun. And since the U.S. can't send its best players, I I, I, I actually think it's kind of a classic Olympic sport. Like, softball right. is different. I, I feel like even though the U.S. women didn't win gold, I feel like, really, who's going to really challenge the Americans in softball? But right. baseball, I think, following. is a true
1: international sport so And what better way to grow it than the main stage you know every four years what's the argument
0: against it that it's not international enough
1: i don't know who knows maybe it t- takes too much work to pull it off maybe people don't care i don't know i don't know what the exact argument is i, mean, I, I it, liked
0: i liked it I, I mean i was it was fun to watch and i liked the fact that you know Licks and team israel came through connecticut for their tune-ups i mean yeah, it's cool and that, to have these ballplayers have have another well, shot had, at, had the
1: world baseball classic that they basically dreamed up because it wasn't in the olympics you know but i mean that has a huge following.
0: Yeah, I think it should be an Olympic sport. I, I do, but then there's you know all this gender equity. I think they're getting rid of softball too. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure they are too. Anyway, listen, we got um, a couple more weeks before the Red Sox and Yankees go. Uh, you want to? We should since we're doing this week to week now for Odyssey and and it's on a larger platform. You know, let's just take a quick second and and look at all the way through until for the next week. So the Red Sox have three against Detroit, four against Toronto. Three at home against Tampa, then three at home against Baltimore before the Yankees. Um, I, I think that the Red Sox are, can't beat Tampa right now. I mean, you know, and they already have the starters laid out, by the way, uh, all the way through August 12th for the Red Sox. That's, There's
1: no possible way the Yankees have that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, I mean, wonder if Heaney will ever get to start again Cole's after, not play. After, after what happened. So I, I think the Red Sox are going to get two or three in Detroit. Uh, I think that they're going to lose 3 or 4 in Toronto, I do. And they're going to lose 2 or 3 with Tampa, and then I don't know what's going to happen in Baltimore, but I believe that the Yankees and the Red Sox on August 17th on a Tuesday, I think they will be within th- three games or less. Yeah, from I the mean the Red Sox.
1: The Yankees had not a good showing Monday against Baltimore obviously, but then they got two more. Then they got the big game, big series against Seattle 4 at home, and then they go to KC. And then Chicago, and obviously Chicago's not going to be a pushover. No, but uh, I think That's the that's White a pretty, Sox, that is, that's not fi- the fire sale Cubs.
0: Right. The White Sox are tough, but that's a favorable schedule. Kansas City, and I think the Mariners, even though they're pretty good, yeah. they're in the Bronx, and you should win more at home. So, Yeah, I-
1: well, you also should win against Baltimore, too. The second-worst team in baseball next to your Arizona Diamondbacks. That's
0: that's a fair point. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, and we will talk to you next week.